In this episode of The Inner Entrepreneur, my co-host Paul Ryan and I discuss the significance of values and their impact on our personal and professional lives. We highlight our experiences and realizations about the importance of understanding and uncovering our core values. We emphasize how they serve as a guide to our decisions and actions and often determine the level of fulfillment we derive from our tasks. We share personal experiences about the role of values in our lives and how they help us stay satisfied during the turbulent times of lockdown. We discuss this and much more about the importance of values. So let's get into it. Welcome to The Inner Entrepreneur, a place where soul meets strategy and passion meets profit. Success in business is about more than mastering the external. It's an internal game. Ready to play? Hello and welcome back to The Inner Entrepreneur. I'm Brandon Ward with my co-host, Paul Ryan. How you doing good today, afternoon, sir? everybody. Or good morning. I love that you say that. When I'm editing, I'm noticing your good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is. Who knows when you're listening? I don't know. <laughs> Could be any time of the day. That's the beauty of what we're doing. It is. Well, Paul, we've had... We've published now at this point, I think 10 episodes We're cool. we've recorded a couple episodes past. We've got some episodes that are coming out on culture and we are now recording this elusive values <laughs> episode that we've been talking about. I feel like over oh, and multiple episodes, every episode we mention it and every episode you go, we got to do it. Yeah, we've got to do an episode on values, but we do. It's so important. It's so it's, important. Well, I don't we've know why talked about it. I don't know why it's taken us this long. Well, because it's the foundation. As we were talking about this earlier, it's really without your values, everything that you're doing is could be moot in a lot of ways. It's so important to align values to your actions, your goals, your business, and which is why I'm excited to talk about it. And you put together a solid outline for us today. You got some good stories in here that I'm excited to hear. The fun thing for me about doing this with you is, you know, I get to learn, I get to provide some input too on my journey, but I, I'm hearing a lot of these stories for the first time too. So it's fun. You know, I get to see a little cool. teaser about them, but I, I love your stories. It's been a lot of fun cool. for me. Hopefully the audience yeah, is still the same. <laughs> it, it, it's, of course you, you, you never know when people are listening to this, but we're approaching the end of the year. And it's interesting to me, so many people are talking about goals for next year, et cetera. And I always think, I, I, maybe it's, it's stuck in my mind because I read a, a, a tweet this morning from someone and I just didn't bother responding to it, but it was something, you know, being aligned with your goals, et cetera. And I just thought to myself, goals are great. I have goals, but the foundation is values. And if you move to goals without understanding your values, I think your goals are probably a waste of time. You'll wonder why you're not achieving them. And when you understand your values, now you you have the foundation point. And when you build your goals on top of your values, now you're in a different league of um, of living the life you want to live. Well, Paul, I, I actually did a lot of that early in my life. I set goals that were not connected to values. They were often purely financial goals or material-based goals. And a lot of times I wouldn't achieve them because there was no connection to my heart and my, my vision for my life. So your point is very valid. It's, it's easy to get caught up in setting goals, but if they're not anchored in what's important to us, it's, it's really difficult to achieve them because if you're doing big things or trying to do big things, 
you got to be really motivated and committed to making it happen. And it's got to come from within, which is why we're doing this episode. And if you listen to all of on, on goal setting and achievement, so few of it mentions values and, and so few of it mentions, are you pursuing something that's really important to you? Because it's like they're talking about the road and how fast your car goes and not talking about the destination you mm. want to get to. Uh, I'm flying to London um, tomorrow, or no, next day. But what's interesting, you know, when I was checking just where my the, the hotel was, how far it was from the tube station. But of course, when I go into maps or whatever it was, it immediately tells me how long it's me to get to go. And, and it'll give options to, to walk, you know, go, but the, the, the smartest way for me to get to London is to fly. You know? <laughs> so, so, but if you're already on the road, you know, you're already on the road, you're going, how fast can I drive? It would be better to fly. There are different ways to get there if you know you want to get. But the, the fundamental thing for values for me is um, this idea that the difference between those living great lives and those living mediocre or miserable lives is how congruent their lives are with mm. their values. I love and that. I think that is just the, 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 the basis of it. If your life is congruent with your values, you're living a great life. And if your life is incongruent with your values, you're not living a great life. And the big problem is most people don't have clarity on their values. And if you don't have clarity on your values, then you don't know where you're going. Because that's, to me, that's the point of living is you want to, uh, you're living as close as you can to your values. And if you live close to your values, aligned to your values, then you're living a life of your own making. Because a lot of times the people, when we don't define our values, we're living someone else's values. That's what we've talked about before, too. If you're not clear on what you want, it's most likely you're living true to someone else's values, what someone else has set for you, whether it's your society, your family, your culture, your school, your work, whatever it is. If we don't set our values ourselves, we're often just living true to someone else's values, whatever they may be. We, we, we could debate something you said there. <clears throat> you said define and set your values. And, and the debate would be, do you define your values? Do you set your values or do you reveal and discover your Ooh. values? I, I, I'd actually, I would debate myself and say that I agree with the fact that it's a discovery and not a yeah. decision. Yep. Cause, yes. but that's the hard part, isn't it? The work is actually uncovering what your values are. I think, and, and the mistake mm -hmm. that I made when I was younger, still young, but I was trying to define my values based on what my culture and what yeah. I'd learned around the way I grew up not realizing that those actually weren't the values inherent in me. So I think that's a great that's debating it. point. And that's it. When we talk about values, we're talking something in, inherent in you. I know values are something I've been passionate about for a long, a long time. And I know when I speak to people about it, almost nobody knows what I'm talking about. Almost nobody really grasps what I'm talking about. Grasps why they're so important. And the analogy I sometimes use this is you and I go to the local fire range, you know, rifle range or whatever, and there's a million dollar prize for whoever, you know, gets the highest score. score. You're, handed, you're handed an old rifle and you're told, Brandon, shoot somewhere over there, 
shoot somewhere over there and we'll score you. But look, you just shoot somewhere over there. See how you get on. We'll score you. Great. And then they hand me a sniper rifle with a beautiful, what do you call the little eyepiece on it? Scope. And it's got beautiful, amazing scope on it. And clearly there's three targets sitting, sitting ahead with a big bullseye marked on them. And you're looking at going, so this guy has a sniper rifle and he's three bullseyes marked on them. And I'm told, shoot anywhere. Who's winning the, who's winning the million dollars? Plus, plus they say, well, they say to both of us, you can keep going as you want. I mean, Paul, you can shoot. And if you, don't worry if you miss the target, that's okay. Come back and go, how did I miss the target? Maybe I can fine tune it a little bit. I'm just going to move slightly, bing. How long before I'm hitting the three targets and collecting the million dollar? Pearl Brown is still shooting. I'm just shooting, holding my breath, hoping for the best. Just hoping for the best. You're still shooting. I've I've striked out as a car dealership by myself a Ferrari. So, <laughs> but you know, it's I, I'm 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 being funny, but it's it's that to me that that is that is the simple difference. If you don't know what if you don't know what your values are, you're trying to hit something so you'll achieve the you'll achieve the reward. The reward is a better life because look, everyone wants happiness, fulfillment. We whatever our goals are, we all want a better life. And you're, you're standing in the firing range going, well, if I shoot somewhere, and by the way, you will hit the target occasionally, or some of the target, so you'll get positive feedback and you get results, as opposed to someone who knows exactly what, what, what they want to hit and where they're getting for it. And they know, you know, this is exactly how I get there. It's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. It sounds like we're talking about goal setting there. We're not. We're talking about values. But the obvious conclusion is that when you, when you become very clear on your values, your chance of living a life congruent with your values grow exponentially, grow enormously. And that's just very, 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 very simple. Well, Paul, but I, so many of us live our lives the way, in that analogy, the way you described. Many of us are randomly shooting in a direction towards something that we don't know. We may get a great outcome if we hit the thing, but we're not sure what the thing is. We're not even, we're not even sure on how we can improve. The problem with that lack of clarity is in that analogy, I don't, what can I do to improve, to get better, to be more specific? Nothing. 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 So if you set goals without values, that's exactly what you're doing. You may be hitting that mark, but what is it connected to? The values are the foundation from the goals with which they spring from, right? And, and, And the evidence of that, Brandon, is how many people do we know that are supposedly very successful? To the world, they seem very successful, but they're living miserable, shitty lives Yep, because they've achieved what the world has defined as success, but they're miserable. So that's the whole, that's the whole point. They've achieved something and the world is going, you've hit target that success. And they go, if, if that's success, why am I unhappy? That's because it was someone else's version of success, not your own. How I stumbled across the, the real importance of values. I mean. Everyone talks about values, but how I stumbled across what I really believe values are was June 2008, and John Martini, Dr. Martini, traveled to Ireland, and a chap I knew as a, as a speaker, so I got to go along and spend a weekend in his hotel where he's doing this talk. And he spent the weekend, and he's a very, very interesting man to listen to. He really is. And he, but he, he talks about values and we talk you know 
people have one message and they say it a thousand ways. And fundamentally, his message is understand your value. But he's a whole weekend, an incredibly intense uh, speaker. But he has this process. It's a 13-step process, which we will go through before the episode is over. A 13-step process of 13 questions they ask. And these questions reveal your values. So that's great. As part of the course, you have a manual. The manual is behind me on the shelf if you're watching this in video. And he goes through the 13 questions and you, you answer these questions. And as a result of this, you reveal your top three or four values. So that was great. I did this. I thought this was really interesting. I did this, but I, I mean, the, the week, um, you know, drinking from a fire hide, as they say, you know, overwhelmed with him. So I am, um, you know, with just too much to take at least that part away. I go home anyway. That's fine. Really interesting weekend. A, a huge amount learned. And, um, that's it. I kind of forget about values if, I, if I'm completely honest. I've done the exercise, I've revealed my values, but I kind of forget about values. So within the next year or so, I do some other Martini course because obviously I've been hugely impressed with him as an individual and I go and do something else with him. And again, it's a different course, but he does the same thing, takes choose 13 step values. I get to do them again. So clearly at this stage, it's evident that I'm not that bright because I've now done this twice and the penny hasn't dropped because they're, they're 18 months apart, but I've done it. That's okay. I do it again. It could have been a different course he was doing. Could have been something in finance I was fo focused on. I do the course. That's great. Brilliant course. Great speaker. But six months after that, I'm sitting in my sauna upstairs one day. And at the time, what I would do sometimes is I would go and reach for a book or something as I, as I was sitting, sitting in there. So this is maybe 10, 12 years ago. So it's, it's before you maybe could just go to YouTube on your mobile phone or whatever. So I reach for a manual and randomly I pick up a, what, a Martini manual. Of course I've done it. And I scroll through and I look at this, this values work I've done. Start seeing the ident, ident, identifying my top four values. And I go and go, that's really interesting. How come I didn't realize before that that was really interesting? Because now I'm, look, now I'm looking at them from a bit, of, a bit of a distance and I'm just seeing a piece of paper that I've written that says these are the four most important things in your life. And I'm going, shit, they are. These, <laughs> these things are really important to me. I'm kind of going, I wonder when I did this um, questionnaire two years ago, I wonder, if I, I wonder what answers I got then. So I step out of the sauna, go on the bookshelf, see the other book, pull it down, open it up, and I find the page two years apart, no memory of doing one when I'm doing the other. And I see, yeah, same four questions. Our same four answers have come up. And I go, okay, there's something in this. Every time I do an exercise, these things come out as being really, really important to me. So the penny finally drops and I ask them, and I look at them and I go, oh my God, this is what my life is about. My entire life is about these four things. That's what my life is about. I'm whatever age I was, my forties or whatever, I'm going, my God, my entire life's been about these four things, but I wasn't aware of my entire life's about four mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So it was a massive aha moment, a massive aha moment. I said to you before we started this episode, I think we'll have to come back to values again. And this is the reason I'm saying that because at some point, if you're fortunate, the penny drops and you, oh my God. You understand the importance of really realizing the small three or four things that drives everything you do. And that's how long it took me. It took me to, 
it took me over and years until the, until the penny finally dropped and I went, understanding my values is everything. It's the foundation to everything I do. I'm curious, Paul, for you, once you had that aha moment in 2008, what shifted? Like, how did you, did, did you start to operate differently? Did you start to reorganize your life? The shift was this. Well, this sometimes you have, and sometimes a moment of realization can change everything. We've talked about this in the redirect. It, mm-hmm. it, it's funny how the same principles apply. That was a moment of awareness for me, a moment of awareness that the fundamentally, um, sometimes I use the, the term value mapping because to me, when you understand your values, you have the map to your life. And I suddenly had the map, the map to my, to my life. These were my, de- this was both my journey and my destination. Um, we've spoken before about this, th- th- this phrase that says where focus goes, energy flows, mm. which I believe was said by uh, a man called Dan Dapani. And I heard of it in, sorry, not Dan Dapani, sorry, Guru Deva. Guru Deva was Dan Dapani's guru who wrote the book Unwavering Power of Focus and so, and, and some book I, I, I think a lot. And so if you think of that concept, where we put our energy, where we put our focus is where our energy goes and that's what blossoms in our life. And what we've said before is that your energy and your focus are indiscriminate. And what that means is that if in your garden you've planted, so I, 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 the analogy I use is your energy and your, your focus leads to where your energy goes and your energy is, is the sun, is like the sun or the rain. If you've planted, uh, if you've planted weeds in your garden, Sunshine comes and the rain comes and the weeds will grow. They're indiscriminate. And if you plant roses in your garden, beautiful flower garden, when the rain comes and the sunshine comes, that's what grows in your garden. The energy is indiscriminate. And that's what I have found to be true. Whatever you're focusing on in your life grows. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking woo-woo magic here. I'm saying simply whatever you're continually thinking about, talking about, acting on, um, making part of your every, every day, that's what grows and expands in your life. And if you're focusing on stuff that's not, if you're focusing on the wrong stuff, then that's what's, blossom, what's blossoming in your life. So to answer your question, I now knew the four things in my life that I needed to focus on to be fulfilled. And once I knew those four things, it was like, laser focus. I literally zoned in and go, this is the map. This is the Paul formula. It's not the formula for everybody. It's the unique fingerprint formula for Paul's fulfillment and happiness. This is now where I put all my energy and that's how I live my life. Paul, you know, and I love the garden analogy because our life is like a garden and, and how we the inner with the energy being the water and the sun because that's our actions the things we think about that could be the equivalent of the sun and the rain the soil but the seeds are our values and if you are taking the seeds of culture taking the seeds of your family not discovering your own values then you're going to have a garden full of roses or corn or daisies or whatever it may be and what if you want avocados and honey crisp apples and cucumbers like, I know this is silly, but concept of the values and the seed representing what grows in our garden is so powerful because so many of us are not deciding on the seeds, what we're putting in our garden, what we're going to nurture, 
Because to your point, we're giving it sun, sun and water no matter what. No matter what, that's us living. And it's our thoughts, our actions. We're always doing that. So determining is, what the seeds are are so crucial. And that to me is the values. That's why this is so important, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, and to me, you said about planting the seeds you want. And, and for me, in that realization, it wasn't about, it wasn't for me about planting the seeds I wanted. It was about planting the seeds I needed. Uh, which, mm -hmm. in, in other words, the realization was for me, forget the things I want in life. This is the basis of my formula for happiness and fulfillment and success. These are the, these, this is what I need. I've lots of things I, 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 I want, but these are the things I need in my life. Mm. I, if, if my outcome is to live a happy, fulfilled life, I need these things in my life. They will be different. They will be different for you. They will be different for every human being. Until you figure out what the, what that is you need, what your formula is, what your values are, then you're pursuing lots of different things and you're putting your energy and your focus on lots of, on lots of different things and your energy is scattered everywhere. And when you narrow that in, the world is packed with information. When you narrow that into going, actually, there's four things important in my life and just think the simplicity and clarity that comes from going, the world is full of information. So powerful. I only care about four things. That's what I'm working on. Well, and you, what we said earlier too, Paul, the distinction between deciding versus discovering. And that I think is the yes. difference again between wants and I think and that's needs. huge, by the way. It's I a, think huge, that's a huge distinction. distinction. Yep, yep. And you've caught me a couple of times already early in this conversation saying it mm -hmm. around deciding or, which isn't what it is. And, and I know with my own process of discovering my values, it wasn't something that I decided. It's something that I've realized and I've worked to align my life around those values as well. So yeah. that's, it is a very key important in point. And I'm glad you bring it. We've brought it up twice now because it really is about discovering and understanding what, what we need from within because yeah, it is. And I'll keep bringing I believe it up we come into the world it, like this. What'd you say? <laughs> I keep bringing it up until you get it. <laughs> I know. I love but, it. I love it. It, it. it is really, it, it is really important because the dissatisfaction and misery in the world often comes from people thinking, I want this. People thinking, I need this. And that's what going, it was for me. Hey, that's, that's what, what it was, it was for, me. for me as well. Yeah. That's, yep. what, that, 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 that's, that's how you get it. And then I remember sitting in the sauna that day and looking at some of the things I had done and achieved and not achieved in my life and going, was always just chasing this. Now that I know I was chasing that, I should have known that wouldn't work. But I mm. didn't because I didn't know what I was chasing. <clears throat> yeah, sometimes I, I sometimes is taking my kids to Disneyland. Now mm. we have a Disneyland in Paris, which is um, I don't, is Disneyland Florida nearest to you, or where would be the nearest? Yeah, Florida's the closest one, but it's Disney World. There's a Disneyland in California, Disney. but there's that's the two okay. in the states. But yeah, so I I, I I've been to Disney world in in florida a couple of times huge but massive so disneyland in paris is smaller i'm gonna say i prefer it and i prefer it maybe because it is more compact it's still a super place it's it's, it's mm. great fun i haven't been there in a number of years but if you think between i'm gonna say whatever age we went there about 10 times with, with our kids so 
three boys. So if you think between the ages of old enough to walk and run around and enjoy Disneyland to old enough to go and knock on the holidays to Disneyland at my parents anymore. So, so that window of time, <laughs> in that window of time, you're just entering that phase of life. But yeah. during that, during, during, that, during that window of time, we went about 10 times to, Disney, to Disneyland Paris. It was, our spring, it was our spring break. After Christmas, it would always be part of their Christmas festival. We're going to Disney. We love it. So we would go over to Disneyland. We, 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 did, we, did, we did this 10 times. We'd stay in the Disneyland Hotel and we knew exactly what to do. So as you can imagine, as the years went on, my kids became Disneyland Paris experts. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they understood. They, they could write a book in this. They could become tour guides. So if you can picture, we would, we, same routine, same routine. We would go for three nights. And, um, on the last, on the last night, so we've we there, so three days in Disney. And on the third day, we would head into, they also like to visit the Louvre, um, the Eiffel Tower in, in, in the center of Paris. So it's only about an hour ride in or less on the train. So we would go, we, on, on the last night, we would have just a morning left in Disneyland. I think I've used this analogy of Disneyland before. We would get up, we, we, would, we would know the next morning, we would get up and we would be in the park till about lunchtime, at which stage we'd check out the hotel and we would, we, we would head into Paris. So our trips to Disney kind of went like this. We'd arrive on the first day and it, look, it's a magical place. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful place. And we would turn over and the first day, even after going there for many years, you would just kind of ramble around and go, hey, we're back here. It's brilliant. It's just, you know. Taking you it just, all in. You would just, you would just take it all in. You would, you would, you'd try, you'd go here into the stores, down little alleyways. You just enjoy the whole thing. You would take it, take it all in. And then as that day, and then you'd go on a few, on, on a few rides. But as the time moved on, they would get more, fo- they would get more focus. On the last evening, we would be sitting down having dinner. And when you get to Disneyland, there's a map and they would have the map on the table. The three of them would sit around and go, okay, tomorrow morning, guys, early breakfast. Now, I think we, I think the deal was that when you stayed in the Disneyland hotel, you got into the park an hour early or something. So they were very, 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 very focused. They'd have the map and they go, okay, we have from nine o'clock till, till we exit at one o'clock. Hmm. Okay. What do we get done? If you've been to Disneyland, you know, it takes a long time to do anything because the oh, park yeah. is big, there's queues, the whole thing. And they'd go, okay, what's our favorite ride? And it might've been the Indiana Jones ride or something. It was a big favorite. Oh, for nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they'd go, okay, we need to get Indiana. And of course, your favorite rides are the busiest ones. So they would sit down with, the, with literally with the map and go, let's start with the Indiana Jones ride. Now that's the other side of the park, but, so, but also it'll be quieter that hour of the morning. So we would have an early breakfast yeah, and they were like troopers. We'd exit the hotel straight to Indiana Jones. We would be there as an open that we would get in the Indiana Jones ride. Done. Sometimes, sometimes you'd actually get to go again because it was so early. They'd get, they'd get that done. They would have mapped out, okay, now cross the park. They would know exactly the route they were taking. They would get to the second ride. And we would, in that morning, we would get four or five of the big rides, big rides done. And the simplicity of thinking about that. From my view, it's kind of like life. In the early part of your life, maybe the first 25 years ago, you're rambling around Disneyland. <laughs> Randomly enthralled by everything. Yes. And by the way, you should be. You should right. be. I think that's an important piece, isn't it, Paul? Yeah. That's a good thing to learn because that's actually yes. how you end up discovering what's important yes. is by rambling and wandering around. But, but 
Yeah, you, your story, though. You, 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 ramble, you ramble around, but then as you get to your maybe mid towards late 20s, you begin to have this urge to, to focus. And that may be settle down with a, with a life partner, a spouse. It may be choose a career. It may be buy a home, <clears throat> whatever it is. But you begin to lean towards, you begin to lean towards a much more narrow focus because you've begun to rule out all the stuff you, that you don't want to do. When you get into towards the large stage of your life, and I'm a couple of years away from 60, but what I've noticed is that the people who are the most satisfied at my age and older are people who've really narrowed down what's important to them and really use that time. The thing about it is when you're in your 20s and your 30s, drifting is cool. Yeah, it's cool just to float around, go here, go there, don't have a steady job, be a beach. All those things are cool. Let me tell you, as you get older, that becomes less cool. There's mm -hmm. less people doing it. And you get to stay where you want some, uh, you know, some solidity in your life. If you think, if, if you think of my children on that, on that last evening in Disney sitting around the table, if they had just said, you know, tomorrow, it's, we've only got four or five hours in the park. Let's just hope it's a great time and ramble in. Nothing would have got done. Mm -mm. They might have got to one the rides. They'd go to something else. The park would be too busy. They wouldn't have got the ride. And they'd end up coming back, you know, oh, I, I would like to get to Haunted House one last time. We would get on the dinner, you know, one, one thirty or 2 o'clock heading, heading to Paris. And they would be buzzed. They'd go, we got to go to the Haunted House. We did all this. We did it. And they would have had a rocking morning. And to me, why did they have that rocking morning? Because they knew... they. If they knew their values from the point of view, if they knew what was really important to them, they knew they'd limited amount of they'd li limited amount of time. So they said, "We can't in the in the last four or five hours do everything in Disneyland. So let's narrow it down to what's really important, and let's just freaking well go and do that." And to me, my stage in my life, it's going. Life is limited. Time is limited for us all, no matter what age you are. Let's focus on this. Let's focus on what's really important to me. And everything else is noise. That's the importance. That's the importance of values. And that's why for me, you have to know your values. If you really want to have a life that's fulfilled, you want to get in that train back into, back into Paris going, that was a great spin. That was a great ride. You need to know what, you need to know what the formula was for, for spending that last day in Disneyland. And that's what, and that's what they did. And to me, it's a perfect analogy for why you need to know your values because otherwise you're drifting. And if you're drifting, you'll get to the end of your life, feel like you just drifted. And Paul, it's interesting too, because the drifting phase is important because that's when you sample different things. You're going to get a sense of what you like, what you don't like. If you don't have a period where you explore and drift, then it's possible that you may say, oh, what, what if, what if I did that? Or what if I tried this? Or I wish I would have tried that. That's, I drifted a lot in my early twenties and or in my, through my twenties, Paul, I was just floating, trying all kinds of things. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it in the moment. I reflecting, embracing the journey in that point in my life would have been healthier. I would have been happier. I would have been understanding and I'm exploring, but I think it's important that you have that period of exploring, but getting to the decision points to where you're saying, defining what those are, just understanding what those are by discovering them, right? and moving away from the things that we don't want our life to be built around. That's the thing I think people get stuck on is they don't ever leave that drifting point and they just continue to drift. And if you spend your life in a drifting phase, it's impossible to find fulfillment. 
unless you just accidentally stumble into this it just true. so happens to be your value that matters to you aligns up yep. with your stumbling, which can happen too. But yeah. I think exploring and then dis- and then determining, okay, this is this actually is what matters. I'm going to focus my energy there. Ma- it's so critical because it's so easy to just, and honestly, Paul, especially in the world we live in now, it's so easy to just drift and float and try all these different things and never anchor in. But man, the older we get, the the less fulfilling that is. I felt yeah. that I'm two years away from 40. I'm so much happier now that I've gotten clear on what matters to me. I've got a family. I have a loving wife. If I didn't have those things and I see, honestly, look, I look around, I see a lot of friends, a lot of people my age that aren't settled yet with a partner. They don't have kids of their own, which is fine if that's truly what they want. But I also see a lot of people that are unfulfilled because they're not living true to values that matter to them. And so that story is great. It's really about narrowing that band of focus and pouring your energy into what matters so you can get the most out of your time on earth. When I, uh, and I look at every great thing achieved and I think of Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Stephen Jobs, any Tiger Woods, pick anyone, Nelson Mandela, pick anyone who's achieved something great. By the way, pick your grandmother who did something great or someone in your community who did something wonderful for the, for the community. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be Steve Jobs. Pick someone who built a community center or did something for charity. There's the same, same formula that's true with all of these people. They did something that was really high in their values. They may not have used that language. They may not have realized that. But how do we know it was really high in their values? Because it was something they were obsessed with. It was something that really was meaningful to them. That they, every time you met them, they talked about it. They, they thought about it. They worked on it. It was really high. So they were doing something really high in their values. And they re- worked really hard towards it. Now, if you find anyone on the list, as I say, family member, neighbor, to being Nelson Mandela, any of those people on the list that have achieved something wonderful in lives and lived a very fulfilling life, it's always been the same. They have known what was important to them and they have devoted their lives to it. And the fundamental basic of understanding your values is getting to figure out what's really important to you and go and devote your life to it. It's not more complicated to that. I mean, nobody does it, or very few people do it, but that's the simplicity. I challenge you to find any story of success in the world where the person hasn't found something really important to them, devote their lives to it, and that's how it became successful. I don't know if there's another way. It's, it, it, seems, it seems simple to me. Not it's easy. The formula, seems- I think, for, for achieving things that you want to, to truly do impactful, meaningful things in the world. It's driven by those values, Paul. There, there's no way around it. What, to your point, though, the people doing it may not be, they may not have none, been as conscious as to, yes. these are my values and I'm living true to of it. Of course. But it was their obsession and they spent their life revolving around and, it. And, and it doesn't, just because they're not aware of it doesn't stop them from being hugely impactful. But for us mere mortals, don't hmm. you think it's going to be much more powerful and impactful when we know exactly what we want? And before this episode is over, we'll have taken people through a process to figure, to figure that out. We, we, the aim is by the end of the episode, uh, people will have gotten to that point. They'll have a starting point of understanding what my core values are. And then they'll have the two ingredients. I understand what my core values are. I understand the, the, the map to my fulfillment and happiness. 
Now we're just going to go and do some do something with it. Interesting thing I found is that most people you talk to about values really have no idea what you're talking about. That's 99% of the conversations I have. People read it, know what you're talking about. That's the first thing. Second thing is when you talk to some people about values who do know what you're talking about, what they mean is something, when you dig into it, what they mean by values is something very different to what I mean by values when I, mm. when I talk about it and what I learned from John D. Martini. And so I went onto uh, YouTube over the week and I just Googled how to, how to identify your core values and to, uh, you know, living by all these sort of things, watched a few different things to see what people are talking about. Um, and I'm not now saying my way, our way is right and that way is wrong. I'm just saying this is what I've found to be the effective way to use values. I, and I don't, I don't know if the other way is effective. Maybe it depends on your outcome is. So two, just to narrow down to two of the things I saw, one was a chap talking about core values and identifying core values and how he did it was by listing up his core values and talking about it. Very interesting, except this thing, except he had 15 core values. Jeez. Yeah. It's a 15. lot. You know, turn, 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 turn the whiteboard around and, and recite those 15 values to me. You can't. No. You can't. You can't get beyond three. You can't get beyond three or four. So if if you can't get beyond three or four, four then don't call them values because they're not valuable to you. If you say something is valuable to you, you need to, be able to tell me what it is. If you think something is valuable to you, but I, I'm not sure what it is, it's not valuable to you. I don't believe anyone has 15 core values. I think at that stage they're confused. I'm, Think of it this way, my Disneyland analogy. If that morning my, ki the, my kids are sat at the breakfast table and said, there's 15 things we want to do this morning, Dad, I would have said, well, you're getting nothing done because you, you have four or five hours in Disney. You're in, you know, narrow it down. Pick three or four things we might get them done. It's the exact same. So that's the first thing. If you have a list of 15 values, go to the process, you'll end up with maybe four values, three or four values. You won't end up with 15 because if you're 15, they're not values. That would be my, that, that'd be my um, view. Second, second thing I discovered and looking through, and this I find commonplace when people talk about values, they talk about what we would call global values or general values. And global values are honesty, integrity, kindness, compassion, love, all these sort of things. And 99% of the people I hear talking about values, that's what they talk about. Mm. And to me, that's not, that's not helpful because we've often spoken about my values. And when I tell you my specific values, Brandon, you know a lot about me. So if you had taken those things, if you had written down, or oh, here's Paul's four top values, you, it, once I tell you those four things, you know a lot about me. You know a lot about my life. You know a lot about the decisions I can make. In fact, I could go back to you and go, Brandon, I'm going through this. And if you had my four values, you'd go, yeah, that makes sense, Paul. But I could tell them something and you'd go, I don't think, I don't, does, why, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like it's you. So there's a road, there's a road, there's a roadmap there. If the roadmap is love, peace, compassion, integrity, that's too long. That, that tells me nothing. Again, mm. I'm going to take it back to my Disneyland example, sitting with, sitting with my kids and I, and I'm trying to talk values in relation to how they fill their last morning at Disney. And I go, big picture guys. Why are you here? Let's talk at a value-based conversation about why are you in Disneyland? And if they use generic terms, 
the generic terms might be, well, dad, we're here for adventure and we're here for fun and we're here for trills and we're here to be with the family. By the way, all lovely things. Brilliant. But it doesn't freaking help you that morning. Mm. It's of no use to you in getting around that morning. So I'm not saying that integrity, compassion, love, peace aren't wonderful values. I'm saying they're not helpful to you. Mm. It, doesn't, it, it doesn't teach you anything. Whereas if you go, well, my values are specifically this. Values to me should be as unique as your fingerprints. I have no doubt you and I share some common value because um, that's how we connect. But guaranteed, your values are unique to you and my values are unique to me. And that's why one is, is, is pulling out value, values. I want a, a set of values that are specific as my children going to say, I want to visit the haunted house. I want to do the Indiana Jones ride. That specific. By the way, when you do both of those rides, you will experience adventure. You will experience fun. You will get a thrill. But the lang but one set of language is a roadmap to where you want to other you want to go, and the other tells you nothing. Mm. I love that, Paul, because a lot of what you're describing too, even the, some of the things that you were saying earlier, they're more. Some of those things are, are character traits we may aspire to. Yes. I would consider them virtues in a lot of ways. Yes. Like they're they're components of your character or the way you yeah. want to live your life, in in the everyday things, but. That's a, a, an important distinction between values and character traits or virtues. They're, they're not the same. And I love the Disneyland example because there's a lot of ways, if it's fun, adventure, thrills, you're at Disneyland, you, you could spend the whole day playing games at the, yes. at the, if you want to get the thrills, the yeah. adventure. To your point, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's very broad. It doesn't allow you to focus your energy into something because at Disneyland, there's an infinite ways you can experience fun and adventure and thrill, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's and why by the, the way, in, in life, if you want success, fulfillment, and happiness, there are infinite ways in which those things can be experienced because mm. they're, inter they're internal experiences, infinite ways. But your route to success, fulfillment, and happiness is different to mine. So we don't want to talk about the, we want to talk about the specifics because then you get specific. Ah, this, th th this is my formula. When I became re again, it, it's, I'm not expecting the, the penny to drop with people. I'm hoping we're explaining and this conversation is clear to people and there's something getting true to a listener, but I'm not thinking it's, it's, it's a process of, well, for me, it has been a process of, of learning, growing and deeper. As I continually learn and grow over the past decade in this top, um, my conviction <laughs> that it's fundamental to my life grows, but my, but my learning deepens. And if you go back about when was COVID lockdown, maybe four years ago or something. Yeah, so, 2020, a couple of years yeah, ago. Three years ago. So it seems a long time ago now, but, but I, another penny dropped at me during lockdown. So lockdown, beginning part of it was obviously scary for everyone, scary from a health point of view, all, all sorts of things. But as lockdown went on, and we had serious lockdowns, by the way, in this country, the first lockdown was you couldn't travel two kilometers from your home. So when they wow. released that, yeah, two kilometers. When they released that, it was five kilometers from your, uh, thankfully <laughs> I live not far from the ocean. I live in a beautiful countryside. So it, and I have a lot of space. So it, it, it was pleasant for me, but how strict we were here was one day I went out riding my bike and a police officer came up behind me on a, on, on a bike 
to see where it come. And they were checking. So, so it was very, very strict. So lockdown was difficult for a lot of people. And I'm sure it was the same. And a lot of people, a lot of talk of mental health issues and all these problems. A lot of talk about it. Paul, alcoholism during that time went up like 300%, by the way. They really? found some studies. Yeah. The, wow. the suicide rates, the mental health, anxiety, depression, all that stuff skyrocketed. But just to your point, like, and they've got data out on that now. So it was, it's been and has still continues to be a tough time for like, as I, for a lot of people, but. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. I don't dismiss that at all. But, when, but as I was listening to this from friends and on TV, inside I'm going, but I kind of enjoyed lockdown. And inside I'm thinking, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the whole, the whole time. I'm careful not to say it because I don't, pe if, if it was extremely difficult for people, I don't want to go, hey, it was no problem for me. But honestly, if I'm telling the truth, I enjoyed most of, most of the lockdown. There were a couple of things I get, I couldn't get to do. We couldn't go to our home in Spain. We couldn't travel. So a couple of things, but mostly I was listening to this and I was observing, Paul, your mental state is like as good as it has ever been. How was that when everyone else is struggling? So I tried to figure this out and I sat down one day and to me, I understand everything via my values. At least I should be able to understand everything via my values. So I sat down, I had my values in a sheet of paper and I got a blank sheet of paper and I, and I sat down and I started to think through why I had been, why I had been so content during that period. I look in the sheet of paper, my top value was family and I go, well, family worked well for me during lockdown. My two, two of my sons moved home to live here. They should have been in college, but they moved home to live here. One of them saying, you're getting an extension of time with your kids when we should be gone. So two of my adult sons were living here, which was great. It was a summertime. We were barbecuing outside. We, we had great time with them. My eldest son who'd lived in Vancouver had just returned home. He wasn't living with us, but he came home every weekend because we'd lots of space here. And, uh, because there was nowhere else he could go. Cause everything was mm -hmm. like, so I had my family around me all the time. So my, my family box was getting a 10, 10 out of 10. And then another very high value I have is personal growth and learning and development. But sure, I had all this time. And you can do YouTube training at 10 courses. So I was ticking that box hugely. Well, my next value is personal well-being. Thankfully, I was well, my family are well, but I was getting out on the ride in the hills and the mountains. Uh, we have a gym here, sw swimming, swimming in the ocean. We have a sauna upstairs. And I was getting lots of time to meditate. So my well-being box was being enormously ticked. And my last really important value is, is wealth. And thankfully, as lockdown went on, it turned out it was good for business. And uh, my business was very strong during, during lockdown. So I, I looked down and I realized, that's it. It's, it, it's simple maths. If I look at all my values and look at filling all those boxes, during lockdown, all those boxes were filled. Now, there were some things I missed. I would have loved some more social gatherings. I would have loved to travel. I didn't miss those things, and I'm glad they're back. But the bottom line is, if you look, why was I happy and fulfilled during lockdown? Because those values were, be, were, were being ticked. Now, the other thing, I'm not, I'm not putting myself forward as some super person, particularly in all those boxes. The other realization, realization was, hmm, but you could have disrupted my happiness and fulfillment very easily. How would you have done that? Mess with those four boxes. Any of those, you mess with any of those four boxes? Mess, if I had a member of my family got sick, I'd been 
Had I been, I have a son now living in London. We go to see him all the time. He comes home. Had I been for two years, not been able to travel or go to my son, how would that have been? I had, mm. My son was home from Vancouver. Had he been locked in Vancouver, how hard would that have been? So you, you could have messed up very easy. Um, had my health been, or, 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 or remember my family's health been damaged, that box being unfulfilled, or had my business been seriously damaged or destroyed as some people's were, then, so you can see, there's just a little, a little formula there. And when I mm. get that formula right, I'm really fulfilled. But when I don't get that formula right, I'm in trouble. And again, it was another aha moment for me. And the, and the lesson reinforced to me was, well, Paul, if these four things, if these four values are your secret to happiness, then don't you need to put all of your time and focus into making sure these buckets are full? Because mm -hmm. if they're full, guess what? Life is good. Paul, it's, I love that you, the way you frame that around how it was and how it could have been and how the scenarios could have played out differently because it, it exemplifies why one, it's how important it is to understand what your values are and how they matter yeah. and how actions or circumstances around our values can either help or hinder the yeah. fulfillment that we have in life. And you just so happened to be that you're, you were clear on your values, you knew yeah. what they were, and the circumstances of the lockdowns contributed more positively right. to your values. Yes. But you gave specific examples how they could have went counter to that, yes. and it would have lacked, you would have lacked the fulfillment and meaning that you had during that time period. Of course, yeah. I, so, so, I mean, I, so, some of that was in my control, and some of that, a lot of that wasn't in my control. But when I understood it still was my happiness formula. It was still how I found contentment and fulfillment. And I think <clears throat> that was really important for me because it just reinforced this whole thing of, oh, if I get these things right. So I can't control all of those four things, but I can have a massive influence. So now my version of life is, this is what's really important to me. <clears throat> when I tick these four boxes, life is really good for me. Oh, so... Do the Guru David thing where energy, where energy, go, where focus goes, energy flows. Water my garden. Make sure that all my effort, which if you followed me around, you would find that's what I'm doing. All my effort is filling these four buckets. And when I do that, by the way, I feel like I have a life of purpose. I feel pretty good most of the time. And I will live a very, very good life. And if you're dissatisfied with your life and unhappy with your life, one of those buckets has not been fulfilled. Now, the, the reason to understand those things, even if you're unfulfilled, is because then you can go, ah, so I have four values. This is the area I need to work on. And you can double down on an area you need to, you need to work mm, on. And start to make changes if you need to. You can start to make changes. But now you have a map, you have it written out, and you go, I understand exactly, which is separate to goals. You're, your goals are then, so my goals are how I begin to fulfill my values. My goals are the actions I take to fulfill my values. They're separate from my values, but my values, my values is the base. Is, is, People is have the base. that backward. They do. They have it backward. They, we Completely. don't know our values and we build goals, yeah. often driven by whatever society or culture tells us. Yeah. We're pursuing things that aren't important to us without even knowing it. And then we wonder, we look back, especially around this time of the year, as you said, we're we're approaching the new year. A lot of people are thinking about what they want to do in the new year, the goals that they want to yeah. set. They're reflecting yeah. on the year that they passed. Did they reach the goals that they had? And then they'll look at, oh, I need to get better at setting goals. I need to have a different type yeah. of goal. I need to have a different goal process. There, and there's yeah. all kinds of things you said at the top of the show. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
set smart goals, the framework yeah. for goals, all this stuff. Yeah, That's important. Stuff. But yeah, none of it matters if they're no. not connected to your values. It's important, but it's step two, not step one. And we've everyone's got it reversed. Going, yeah, everyone's going straight to that st step one. And they wonder why they're not fulfilling their goals, not achieving them, not committing, not, not committing to them. Because they're doing stuff that's not meeting their values. Do you think I need any motivation, any incentive to take care of my family, to take care of my personal growth, to take care of my well-being and, and to take care of my wealth? Zero incentive. You didn't have to motivate me. You didn't have to ring them and say, Paul, how are you doing that? Because I'm internally driven and pulled to that. And once you get that component right, you really have switched on. The analogy I use is this. Why, why, do why is it so confusing to people? You're standing... Picture a big football stadium. Our biggest theory, I think, is the Aviva, and it holds 80,000 people. I know, I'm sure you've got something a whole lot bigger than that. Kind of picture yourself standing in the, of, of, of the football stadium in your local city, and you're standing in the center of that stadium, and it's full of 80,000 voices. We've all been in these stadiums. We know what it's like with eight. And those 80,000 voices are shouting, you're going, Brandon, this is what you th should think. This is what you should believe. This is what is important. This is the life you should live. And those 80,000 voices, they are your parents, your peers, your family, your, yeah, all the, I'm rubbing all the points here, your, your society, your religion, your culture, they are all those voices, are, the 100,000 voices shouting at you all day long. And you're standing in the middle of that listening and you're wondering why 99% of people don't know what their values are and are living incongruent with their values. And the answer simply is, is because they're listening to the 80,000 voices. What I'm trying to do here is, is shut those off for five minutes so you can understand what the inner voice is saying. And the inner voice will very simply tell you what the value, values are. Your, the 80 voices will continue to roar. You will spend the rest of your life standing in that stadium because that's life with 80,000 voices. But the clearer you get in your values, the more you can stand in that stadium, centered, undistracted. All these years later, I still get distracted. I was sitting in my office the other day when a guy who's worked for a very long time came in, told me a little story about someone we both know that was doing something, expanding their business. And for a moment, I was pulled out. I was pulled into envy for a moment. But wonderful thing now is in the moment of being pulled out, there's another part of me looking at it going, is, mm -mm. is that what you want? Is that the mm -mm. life you want? Or are you... So the, the voices will always call, but I'm so centered on what's important to me now that now a smile comes to my face and goes, and I'm amused going, that's, that's, that's tempting, isn't it? That's shiny object syndrome, but it's not really what you want. Paul, and that's how these are skills. That's a skill to, to understand your values. That's why we t we're talking about this episode, and we're going to break this into two parts now. I already know we are because okay. we're going to do, this is the what and why of values, what values are and why they're so important. And then in the cool. next episode, we're going to cover the 13 questions of cool. uncovering your yeah. values because we, we're already almost at an hour here and I want to get yeah. into the depth of that because it's important. Yes. But, but that's why this is so powerful. That's what helps with all this is yeah. if you... All of us are in that stadium. All of us are having those voices at us, but we have the opportunity to get centered and to be a pro at what we're doing. And that's when you're performing at a high level, regardless of what the voices are doing, regardless of how loud they may get, 
We may have moments like you just described where you're in that moment, you're about to score a goal, whatever it may be, and you get lost in the crowd, but then you come back to your center and you say, you know what? The crowd's irrelevant. My goal is this. My focus is this. I'm trying to score this goal. Everything else is irrelevant. That's what you had in that moment. You had that that envy for a moment, that shiny object syndrome, but then you came back to your center. You came back to your values because none of us are immune to this. That's the process. But as we get better at this, as we work these things, as we grow these muscles, the point that we come back to is much quicker. We recognize it in the moment and we get back to what we know we need to do. It's often challenging when we're just learning these things because the old ways, the loud voices are so much louder. But that's why this is an inner game. As we nurture and support that inner component, which is what we're talking about in this episode, the values piece, those get stronger. And over time, they become far more stronger than the voices that we're hearing outside of us. And that's the dominant piece in our life. I've discovered that in myself. You've described that so much of how you're living. And, and what other individuals do when they find that alignment is they're living true to that internal peace. And that's where fulfillment comes from. But if you don't know what your values are, and you've spoken about that clearly, pulling yourself back, and we all do that. But if you have nothing to pull back to, and that's the problem. So if you're standing in the stadium and the voices are shouting and you look inside and you find nothing there because you don't know, then you go to the shiny object syndrome. Then you go to the loudest voice, to the person who looks to, to, to whatever it is. The, and that's all. But something shifts and locks in. And you asked me at the beginning of this episode, at that moment when I said the penny dropped and I looked at my values that I'd done years apart and thought, oh my God, that, in that moment, they, they locked in. And I understood who I was and I understood what was really important. And I got, this matters to me. I'm not distracted by anything else because nothing else really matters to me. I, we're a big rugby country. And when you, have, you we, we've scored a try and then you have to convert, which you have to kick between the, the, the posts. And I've never played. And you, uh, but I, the admiration, 80,000 people are watching. Half them want the guy to score. Half them don't want to score. And he's standing there. And this could be winning his country a cup and he's standing there and there's 80,000 people watching and people talk about how you switch off from the 80,000 in the crowd. And the answer is you don't, you're not, you don't try and switch off the 80,000 voices. You just bring your attention to what you're doing. Exactly. You bring your attention to the, to the kick because you can't switch off a thousand voices. That's like when people say in true meditation, how do I stop thinking? I can't shut my mind off. No man, shut your mind off. Don't. It doesn't yeah. shut off. You're meant to focus your attention so that you don't hear it. So most of my life is standing in that center kick to kick the ball, completely unaware of the 80,000 voices. That's most of my life. And occasionally it comes in and I go, oh, this, they, are, they are still there. Note to self, they're still there. And that's what's happening. And really what this is about is get, understand, understand those values. And in the next episode, we'll take you through that. It's a simple process. It won't take that long, but we'll take people through 13 questions. And the best way to do that will be to sit down on a sheet of paper and literally go through. And after that, you will have begun the process of identifying what your four or five, three to five most important values are. 
And next time you're standing in that stadium and the voices are shouting, you'll know what matters. You know, Paul, it's cool that we're doing it at this time of the year, too, because I think the values are going to anchor into how people can think about the new year. And instead of simply setting goals without your anchor point, which is Big your time. values, we're going to offer the ability for people to anchor in themselves to find their values, and then they can start to create goals and 2024 plans and the years beyond that, because this is relevant beyond just a single year. What you're describing is something that you that has been continuous through your whole life, and you continue to, to operate from that anchor point, which is your values. It's the same thing for me. I've gotten more clear about what that is for me in my life, and I just ensure it's your true north. That's the true yeah. north. And, and you can feel it when you start falling outside of it. That's when your fulfillment starts to wane, your frustration starts to rise, you're angry, whatever you're out of alignment. That's what's happening. You're starting to see that misalignment there with your values. So I'm really glad that we're doing this this time of the year. So what we'll do is this is the what and why of values, what they are and why they're so important, yes. what they're not. Yes. And then yeah. next episode, we're going to walk through the 13 questions that John Martini laid out for us. John yeah. D. Martini, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we're going to go through to help uncover that in your life. And then we ideally... We're going to springboard into 2024 with some clarity around values. That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a great time to do it because setting goals without understanding your values is pointless. It's, it, we said at the beginning of the episode, it's sitting in your Ferrari going full speed down the road and having no idea where you're going. And that's really, that, and then you wonder why you never get, never get there. So we, we want to take you back steps. I think it's a good time of year to, year to do it. And the next episodes, we, we will just go through those and it'll be a great opportunity for someone to sit, sit, sit down and get a pen to paper and ideally allocate some time. In that episode, it will be more about the work they do than what we say. So to allocate the time to doing that, that's ideally how that will work. And I, it, it, it's, I think it's a great time of year to do it. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Paul, great point to wrap the episode. This was a lot of fun, a lot of value in here. No pun intended. No. The, this is, so we're going to carry on our values conversation in next week's episode. We've got a couple other things planned too that as we're talking, I'm going to shift around our schedule a little bit to align with how we finish out the year. So I think you as the audience are going to like that. We hope you're enjoying the content so far. We're a, a, a pushing beyond episode 10. Paul and I are planning to do this for a very long time. So if you've got Absolutely. comments, thoughts, questions, if there's topics that you'd like to have us cover, let us know in the comments section. If you can subscribe on YouTube, if you can, if you're there or on Apple podcast, wherever you're listening, we're everywhere now. So we certainly appreciate your attention and your eyes and, and all Absolutely. the energy. We thank you for your time. Excellent. So take care, y'all. Till next week. Thank you for listening to The Inner Entrepreneur. If you found value in our content, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We appreciate your attention and take care.